I hope that you get a sense that we are better together. I hope you can sense that today, not just hear it as words, but sense it, perceive it, that we're better together. And that, that isn't my idea, like being clever, and that is an idea that's rooted in a great deal of heavenly God's substance. But I could tell you this, that, that uh, did you, has anybody here ever learned the wrong lesson from an experience? Okay. Well, I, th I th believe that our, when it comes to relationships, I would just say that many of us have learned some wrong lessons. Okay. I can, I can remember, and, and this would be, uh, a few th I'll mention a few things. One of them was I can remember saying this, saying this many times. I said, I, I don't avoid problems with people, but I do stand sideways. I'm just telling you, if anything is avoidant, that statement is an avoidant statement, okay? So it's just telling you that, like, like I'm, I'm still focused on not getting hit, right? So I'm, so I'm trying to make, give them a small target, right? even though I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, so it was progress to stand sideways as opposed to avoid. But it, but, but it still was avoidant on the inside. When, um, in, in a, not to be um, redundant in some way, but, but it's, it's a way that I can say it. When, I love my mother, and she's been dead for about five years now, and, and had, Probably I've shared more testimonies with my mother than anybody else in my life, okay? So, so God worked a bunch of stuff out with me and my mom. But when I was six, she left. I'm telling you, I learned the wrong lesson when she left. And in a bunch of ways, I learned wrong lessons. So I learned wrong le lessons about people in authority, about, about God and God's authority, about uh the purpose of a woman in my life, those kind of things, I learned a bunch of wrong lessons. That I learned how, I know the world can be a dangerous place, it can also be a great place, but I learned that it was, I learned like, dangerous place, right? And so you better, and I, and I pulled myself in at that moment, I learned the wrong lesson. Four and a half years later, my father died of a heart attack. I learned some more wrong lessons, and, and, and I, I, I learned, I learned, quote-unquote, bad learned, that Almighty God really didn't care about committers. That Almighty God didn't care. I'm just telling you, I learned the wrong lesson. Okay? So this, this subject, for some reason, God has ordained that we have to, if we're going to show Jesus to the world, we have to work out our stuff. We have to do it, and, there, and you can't do it alone. You can't just be the testimony to the world while you stand alone because people irritate you, fail you, hurt you, do things that are wacky and screwy, and well, all the things that people do, if you, if, and, but I can, I can love them. I will love them. But I can't do that with you because you distract me or you irritate me. Jesus name another confession ish how many of you are familiar with the Gaithers it's it's an old uh, all particular older people are, are familiar with the Gaithers well 
60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're still on PBS sometimes, okay? So, <laughs> so they are, have not gone away. And it wasn't really my favorite thing, by the way. But in many ways, these are good, godly, wonderful people. But as I was in, in church, this is now I'm a Christian and I'm a leader, but church is painful for me. Many times, church is still painful too. And sometimes I make it painful for others. I wish it wasn't so, but I don't mean to, I didn't mean to, and they didn't mean to either, but, but I, it happened. It, people are people, and, and I did flesh things, not, oh, not always Holy Spirit things. And, and I would sing one of their songs with a, with a bit of sarcasm. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Etc., etc. Now I'm just telling you, and anybody that heard me do that knew that I was not thrilled. <laughs> they knew that in some way my perception was <laughs> had happened again, right? So I learned the wrong lesson. I learned the wrong lesson. I thank a faithful God for working that junk out of my life. Hallelujah. Give him praise. <laughs> Jesus stressed love one another, and love one another is written just that way in the New Testament 12 times. It's often in those times it's connected to the word commandment in some way. It's in that picture. And in principle, many more times, it's there. He stressed the important, uh, importance of it. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. But like a human body, like a human body, we have a bunch of cells. You can't really see all that, but you can at least understand you have a bunch of parts. And those parts, when they're integrated and functioning and flowing and moving together, we can see some amazing things. We've often looked at athletics, for example, and seen the cream of the crop athletes do amazing things. Back in the day when it wasn't that common, Odell Beckham, one-handed catch. Now everybody's doing it. Like he, And just we'd say, oh, that's amazing. And seeing... Runners run and, and leapers leap and swimmers swim and players play and do what they do and everything like that. And uh, Steph Curry and his shooting and stuff, you know, and, st and the stuff. I'm telling you, there's an amazing for us to step into with one another. There's an amazing to step into. But it flows by the spirit. It doesn't flow from your head. It can't. So we're making a mistake when we avoid, when we avoid stuff. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And, 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 uh, and, the and if you're dull in the iron and the word of the Lord and sword and piercing, if you're dull, it's because you're avoiding the other iron. Right? So, don't, so it's like I know it's not always easy. I know it's not always fun. But when you think about it, Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds 
27.6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes I haven't been a friend. Sometimes I have been a friend and people didn't appreciate it. Sometimes they did appreciate it. Sometimes people were a friend to me and I didn't appreciate it right away. And so I've, I've come to accept it. If, I'm a, if, if a person's a little grumpy when you're being a faithful friend, they'll get over it. Because it is what love would do. I'm, I'm not just trying to speak because you bug me. This is now, I've prayed it through. I'm speaking because I care. Because you matter. Because I desire you to be fruitful. I desire you to be flowing in God. I desire the fruit that would come from Jesus in your life to happen. And that verse goes on to say, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And I know probably all of us have been quote-unquote kissed like that. Somebody that said the nicest thing to your face but didn't mean it. And it, and it was hurtful. In <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, we have this word, um, fellowship. They continued. It's, it's the, uh, there was a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a group of people, 120 people in an upper room, and the Holy Spirit poured out. Finally, Jesus said, wait for it, believe for it. The Holy Spirit, it's the fulfillment. It's, it's the uh, activation of people being the temples of God right at that moment. The Holy Spirit comes in. Now they are, they are being indwelt by an overflowing Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to be indwelt by an overflowing Holy Spirit? One accord was in the context. Don't take it out of the context now. Leave it in the context. Our hearts have to contain that. Our hearts have to be able to move with heaven. And if our hearts are going to move with heaven, then we can't have people and people our attitudes towards people messing it up. So we have got to let some stuff go. Back before deodorant, <laughs> okay, 120 people in one big room for 10 days, in summer, okay, just saying, okay? Okay, there's not that many corners in that room, okay? Just not that many corners. So just, I'll go into my little corner, or, you know. The Spirit of God came on them. They overflowed miraculously. Spirit of God's moving, and fires, literal flame, visible flame, flames of fire over their heads, audibly, they're speaking, they don't know what they're saying, but people hear them in their own language. And then Peter validates it with a sermon, and 3,000 people get saved. And as those people now begin to walk out that salvation, that encounter with Jesus, walk it out, this verse says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. The message says it this way. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, life together. Boy, that's kind of loaded. Fellowship, life together. The common meal, Pastor Josh has been talking about the common meal. By the way, that word fellowship is the same word communion that he used a week ago when he was talking from 1 Corinthians 10. The communion there is fellowship here. Same word, koinonia. A big word. Fellowship takes time, but it isn't about time. 
Fellowship is about here. It's about, it's about being partnered up, shared up, connected up in a way so that you are connected in heart, not just connected in a statement of faith, connected here. In Romans 15, 26 and 2 Corinthians 8, the Macedonian Christians are being spoken about and commended. The Macedonian Christians are Christians that live in a poor area, not wealthy. They hear through their leadership, they hear, and they're probably being asked to pray for a need in Jerusalem where there is an overwhelming trouble and there is poverty has gone on the rise and people are desperate and they're being asked to pray, apparently. Well, these guys, this is fellowship. The uh, New King James and King James translated that word, same word, they translate it as a contribution. But that contribution, they didn't just take up an offering. They, the uh, leadership apparently recognized their poor people, and so they weren't really being encouraged to do anything. They were just being encouraged apparently to pray. But they prayed, and they prayed this way. They prayed, and they said, I, they gave themselves to God. I recommend this, by the way. They gave themselves to God. So now, now I'm just telling you, it can be scary to give yourself to God. It can reveal, like if, if you're anything like me, it can reveal that maybe I don't trust God as much as I thought I did because when I think about giving myself to God, I get scared. Like, what is he going to do with me? What is he going to tell me to do? What is he going to ask me for? Now, if you really, 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 really trust him, what's so scary about, about opening up yourself to the person that you trust more than anybody in the whole world? that you completely and fully trust. What's scary about that? Well, there isn't anything scary about it because he's always going to do what's best. He's always going to know what's right all the time. But, but I'm imperfect still. I'm growing still. So therefore, sometimes I... <gasps> but they gave themselves, it's, it says 2 Corinthians 8 says, they gave themselves to God. And then what they heard was they heard from God that God was giving them away. God wanted them to give to that need. So they, ca they came back from prayer and they pressed the leadership. We want to give an offering. We want to contribute. We feel connected to those people. Fellowship. Communion. Lord, grow that here. Lord, grow that in our county, in the church that names your name in this county. Grow that in our region. Lord, grow that so that we, we do have this influence because it is influence. It is something. They can, people can see a lot of things on television, see um, all kinds of amazing things. But here's something you can't typically see. You can't typically see people actually loving each other. Not, not, not like what Jesus said. Jesus said, Father, make them one like we are. Not like that kind of love. Not love that really overcomes. Love that really covers a multitude of failings. Love that pretty much everybody actually wants, even if they haven't put it into those words. They want that. 
because they want to be people. Everybody wants to be accepted as they are. They don't want to be, it's not that they want to stay the way they are, but they don't want to have to hide who they are to be loved. Everybody wants to, God loves me the way I am, but he's not leaving me this way. He's not leaving you this way. The good God that loves you so much, so much really does say stop it. At least he does to me. Maybe he does to you too. It's sharing. When the Bible says love never fails, we need fellowship doesn't work if it's not rooted in love. He tells us, he says, we're, we're one body with many parts. I think of, I, stepping into this, I, I believe, is going to take the life of Jesus beyond our walls in a new and a fresh way, in a deeper way, a more profound way. As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace, grace, great word, that is given to us, let us use them. Last year, this church, ACF, had, I think, 13 life groups. 13 groups. 13 life groups. And, and, that's, and that's in some ways like uh, several different presentations of grief share. Um, several, not all the groups met weekly. Um, some groups had seasons when they went through, they were more like closed groups than open groups in some ways, etc. But it's a lot of life sharing. And life, life, capital L life sharing, I share the life of God, you share, that is increasing here. Life sharing is on the rise. If you can buy stock in it, buy stock in that. That's, a good, that's good stock. I think it's really going to, and it's not going to stop. There's a lot of upward room for it. One another, love one another, Jesus commanded it. That is an on-ramp an on-ramp to increasing your growth in Christ. It's healthy for you. I expect this year, next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 27th, when we do our last Better Together, which, by the way, by the way, my hope and my plan is to have a special treat at the dinner. And that special treat is going to be a uh, taste test of ice cream. So I'm going to have ice cream here from Jody's and lickety split, and we're going to have a blind test. And people, <laughs> okay, because it came up in a conversation with people, and I thought that would be fun. That would be fun to find out if there actually is a, uh, if a group of people that don't know which one's which will actually taste them and then go, I like that one better. And if somebody actually wins. So, anyway, so, so it's, it's a, uh, and maybe... And maybe you have to, I might have to take it. How many would participate in that, by the way? Okay, I don't know. I'll have to get a lot of ice cream. Anyway, if you're here, 
If you're here, we'll, we'll use as many people as we can, and it'll be, it'll be fun. So, so um, are you giving them ice cream to come to church? No. <laughs> no, but I'm making church fun when they come. That's what I'm trying to do. That's awesome. <laughs> And he heals. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jesus, amen. So, in Jesus, I know God's up to something, and I know it's not just, and I, and I know it's not just our ability to administrate. I know God's up to something. I know, I believe, I'm convinced deep, deep that God yearning for relationship with people. And he's convinced me through the Bible and by the Spirit that we authenticate that message by loving each other in a way that overcomes our stuff. I'm thankful for relationships that I'm thankful for the people that have loved me when I didn't know I was functioning in a blind spot because that's true. So I, in other words, I, I thought I was given a good gift and I wasn't. I thought I was behaving right, I wasn't. And people have loved me. And I appreciate that very much. And I believe that I've tried to give that to others because that's really the essence of what Jesus has given me and has given you. It has to come from the heart because... In that last part of that verse, he talks about by grace, let us use them. It has to come from your heart because grace comes in here. Grace isn't a head thing. Grace is a heart thing. Grace is God influencing your heart. And gifts flow out of that. Your brain's involved, but gifts flow from here, not from here. And he says, one body, use your gift. So I'm, I'm just telling you, we want your gifts to wake up. We want your gifts to be, to be blessed. We want your gifts to be used. We want our kids to move in their gifts. We want adults to move in their gifts. We want every generation to move in their gifts. We want, we want the gift that God put in your life, we want it expressed in the body of Christ. It's meant to be partaken of together. And that doesn't, it, it, and I know that's easier said than done. But let me dream. Because I dream of a church, because I believe that ch the church where everybody is moving in their gift, not just doing something, but everybody is in their gift, is a church that when people see it, they'll go, wow, wow, I've never seen anything like it. And that wow is the testimony of Jesus that calls the doors of hearts to open up and receive him. Jesus' name. I have other things to say. I'm just going to mention one more because I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'll mention more, but I, don't, I think I'm just. Here's a fun verse for people. people there's a bunch of people that, as, a, as an old, as a former uh, Catholic, no condemnation extended or intended in that direction, I did not like the confessional. Me neither. A bunch of people. <laughs> no, thank you. And, and I remember reading stories throughout my life. I remember reading stories of people being 
in some way at not being a good place. People being pressed and squeezed to say stuff they weren't ready to talk about. Or worse. But listen to what this verse says. Confess your trespasses, which means your faults, your sins, your failings. I got this quote wrong last night, so I, <laughs> and it's such a simple thing, but I, but I, um, the uh, famous deceased, famous coach of UCLA basketball team said, failure isn't final, but fa failure to change could be. Okay? So, I'll give you one more quote just because just it's in the subject matter. Charles Swindoll said this, friendship is not threatened by honest critique. It is strengthened. Okay? We got to stop giving quarter to or hosting anti-God thoughts or sentiment that aren't really helpful to us. So why would you confess your trespasses one to another? Why would you do that? And I, I, I just want to tell you that there's a bunch of people here that, that could, I think, answer that question. Like a bunch of people here. How many of people have ever done and participated in our spiritual freedom things? Like spiritual freedom weekend, spiritual freedom appointments, etc. Hands up, hands up, hands up. Okay, it's, it's a lot of people. Why do you do it? That's exactly why you do it. Because... Confess your trespasses, your faults. Not, we don't have, put a microphone in your hand and say, come on, tell everybody. Come up right now and tell everybody, did you sin? What did you do? I don't want to hear them for me. I don't. I don't have a need to hear them. But people have a need to say them. The enemy's got them in a corner somewhere, and they, they are crying out to God saying, God, I want help. I want help. I need help but they're embarrassed and they feel the church isn't a safe place to say it. So they stay in the corner and meanwhile they keep struggling with something that all it needs is light and the darkness will begin to run. The darkness will begin to leave. The devil will be exposed. Another human will look them in the eyes, eyes that have no shame, just like John chapter 8, which um, John Eastman preached from when he was here. And will look and say, neither do I condemn you. That's your eyes when they confess to you. That's your eyes if I confess to you. I hope. That's my eyes when you admit something to me that you're struggling with. He says, confess your faults to one another and pray. And when he says pray, I'm just telling you, the implication is the way that word is used, which isn't very often, is it must be from your heart. In other words, you're telling me that and something's supposed to happen to me that I need the love of God for because what's supposed to happen here is I'm supposed to hear you. I'm supposed to hear you and recognize the desperation that you're in. Paul used that same word when he said, I could wish that I was accursed to redeem my kinsmen. He used the same word. It, it's a word that indicates this, this desire for I want that sin. I want, I'm joining with you. I want that out of your life. Something Pastor Josh shared recently. He said, 
And he said this, and I believe it would be based at rooted in this text, maybe other text, but he said, people coming for physical healing, I would just ask, and uh, often I will ask, is there anything you need to confess? And sometimes they say yes. Holy Spirit's saying it in that moment. And they confess. And then healing flows into their body. Healing flows into their soul and into their body. All kinds of things. The, uh, and I'll just mention them. The centurion, by the way, a Gentile, a Roman soldier, had a slave that was paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. That servant was healed. A, uh, a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, a woman of faith with an issue of blood, bleeding for 12 years, that's not a fun thing. It's a bad thing. She grabs, reaches for Jesus. She's healed. A paralytic man brought by his friends. The same word for healing. I'm, the same word for healing that's used in this text. A Gentile woman, a woman from Canaan, came to Jesus, begging him, said her daughter was severely demonized. If you remember, Jesus' response to her was, should I give the children's bread to the dogs? Doesn't sound very nice. And there's, and there's a picture. I, I believe that Jesus doesn't do it because he thinks she's terrible. I believe, she, I believe he does it to display this deep desire for another that's in that woman, for her daughter. And from that deep desire, and she says, even the dogs eat, eat the crumbs off the table. And then there's a healing. Her daughter's healed, delivered, set free. It's a great thing. So we have communion this morning. And I want to go to this text in that light. If, if you um, be open to Holy Spirit right now, before you leave today, God may use you if you'll let him. And God may help you if you'll let him. This verse describes a body speaking what Paul's encouraging them, speaking the truth to each other in love so that the whole body, that's all of us, people watching online, that the whole body might grow up in all things into him, into the head, that we would have a firm, solidified, freshly activated our connection to the head, from whom the whole body joined and knit together, letting him make us one, not just in the building for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, whatever it is. Every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, every part. God, God could have for you a, 
prayer of faith, a word of encouragement to give or receive this morning. God could have for you, he draw you to somebody. He draws me to people. He draws us to people. And he says, pray for them, pray for him, pray for her. I feel drawn to you. I've, I've gone to people and said, I feel drawn to you. Is there, is there a need? And there's a need. And then God ministers to that need. It, it just happens. But we've got to be, I'm asking you to be willing, to be open. Holy Spirit, help us be open. God uses, God works through all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, I believe he's honored when we choose to participate with him, when we choose to host his heart. You can give great things, but if you don't love, remember 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. I am nothing and it profits me nothing. Even when there's miracles, even when the mountain moves, even when I've given generous gifts, if it's not rooted in love, if it's rooted in doing my duty, if it's rooting in wanting to be known, it falls short. Every part doing its share causes growth of the body, edifying itself in love, and that is increasing among us. You don't... Bread for that Canaanite Gentile woman was a deliverance for her daughter. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you, and he gave thanks. Thank you, God. And we thank God. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God that Jesus has given himself to me. He's given himself to you. He's saying, I'm your bread. Partake of me and live. By his stripes you were healed. That word healing in, in uh, James, the final use in the New Testament of that word is 1 Peter 2.24, I think it is, where he says, by his stripes you were healed. By his stripes you were healed. By his broken body. He's our bread. He's your bread. We honor you, God. God, if there's anything that stands between us and you, we just ask right now. We're not confessing we're perfect. We're confessing our absolute desire for you and need for you. That we want you. We choose you. We're receiving the gift you've given us. Your body is bread for us. And we're responding by giving us to you in Jesus' wonderful name. I got the best end of that deal. We get the best end of that deal. But Lord, I, we receive you. We welcome you. We honor your presence. And Lord, I just say it because I feel to say it. Cancer, come down in Jesus' name. By his stripes, we are healed. We love our brothers and sisters that are struggling with cancer. In the name of Jesus, we love this community that's struggling with cancers, among other things. In the name of Jesus, your bread for us, God, make that bread real through us. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. This is something that didn't happen in the first century. 
all the little cups opening up. <laughs> it's, a, it's, an ocean of, it's an ocean of opening little cups. His word says, his word says this. It says, this is the new covenant made in my blood. We give thanks that it's a covenant. He's, he's willing and yearning to flow through you and flow through me. Now, why don't we stand together before we partake? Let's stand together. And as we partake, if you want prayer, you come. If you, maybe it's in you and you're sure, I'm, I think I'm supposed to be praying for somebody, just scout the room, ask Holy Spirit to reveal them. Maybe the person will be up front. But let's share the life of Jesus together. Let's step toward it. We won't do it perfectly. But life is being given and received today. Let's do that. So God, I thank you for this new covenant. I thank you for your bloodshed for me. I receive the gift as holy as I know how I receive you into my life. I welcome you into every part of my life, every corner of my life, every piece of my life. And I stand that justice is that this people has the right to stand in your presence. Literally, to be in the throne room of God, in Jesus, that's what's right for us. And all that that means for us to bring what we're receiving from you to another, let it happen, God. So we receive your love, you're your, our life, and let your life flow to us and through us, in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's partake. If you felt got healing in your body today, we sure want to know that just so we can, we just want the, to hear the testimonies. It's encouraging. It's in, it encourages people's faith. If Jesus changed your life, we want to hear it. If you want prayer this morning, please come. And one of our leaders, somebody who feels anointed by God, will be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. So you come. God bless your day. We thank you.